This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! He scores! Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. You know, Brian Kelly, with that report, if I had listened to him, I would have been a little more careful coming in because 40 is, I mean, 64, 40 is fine. It's like wide open, totally dry and fine. But you do have to be careful out there, don't you, BK? Yeah. Some places, especially south, uh, like where I'm down, I'm 20 miles south of the arch and it was fine all the way in. But apparently there are trouble spots like 270 in Dorset. There's been three accidents so far today. No, it's a really good point. And, and, you know, a lot of the, because the ground was so warm, right? So everything... You know, like where we live in St. Louis County, our yard is completely white. There's snow everywhere. The snow in the trees looks beautiful. But if you were downtown driving around, you'd be like, what snow? I mean, everything, you know, because the ground is so warm, everything melts. But then, as you said, the freezing temperatures and suddenly we're seeing ice everywhere. That's where it gets dangerous. Right. And if you're heading to Kansas City, I-70 looks to be in pretty good shape today. We have this, uh, we have this bucket outside where the dog's toys are. And I went out there today, and the bucket <laughs> is because it rained so much. It mm-hmm. had filled up with water, and the dog's toys were floating in there. And then this morning when I went out there, they were all frozen in this thing. They're, they're just all frozen together in one big ice block. Yeah. So I was thinking about just rolling the ice block out there and letting him chip away and getting the toys. Actually, it's not a bad idea. He's going to be frustrated trying to get those toys out of <laughs> He'll there. He'll get in there. He'll figure it out. Joey knows how to get in there and get that <laughs> snow and ice. Now, everyone be careful out there. Appreciate it, BK. And, uh, you know, I, I drove. I got lucky yesterday because the plan yesterday was to go to the Indiana-Ohio State game and then drive back to St. Louis in time for the Blues Rangers. You gain an hour. It's a noon tip Eastern time, 11 a.m. Central. So that game was over by 1, 1.30. By the time I said goodbye to everybody and made my way out of there, it was about 2 Central. And then, you know, I get back home at 6, and, and we head down to the game at 7. Well, then the weather forecast with the winter weather advisories and everything else got me a little, uh, not concerned, but aware, on alert. And then I did it. I mean, I made it. I came into the St. Louis area. The snow was falling, but the roads were fine. And I actually pulled off a doubleheader that I don't know uh, that uh, that I've ever done one like that, where I went to the Indiana-Ohio State game yesterday. Indiana won. 66-54 is a great game if you're a Hoosier like me. And then the Blues just dominated the Rangers. I saw two blowouts. So if you need me to go to any of your kids' games today, just let me know. I will be at Audrey Ackerman's game at 4 o'clock. My 9-year-old plays hoops. I would fully expect that they win that game based on my track record here in the last 24 hours. Uh, what a game that was at Enterprise last night. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. But David Perron named an all-star, and then he scores a goal. And it was a big goal, too. He scored a goal to put him up 3-1 to one early in the second period. That's the kind of goal that just takes the life out of the opposition because you're up 2-1. to one. 
the Rangers are coming up with a plan to stop you here in the second period, and you come out on the power play and score. I mean, that just takes the life out of you. And the Blues do that to teams. That's what they do. They were up 3-1. to one. They won the game 5-2. to two. We'll get into that game coming up. Uh, but I want to lay out the show here because I think this is a really good show today that we have lined up for you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in sports right now. We had a big game on KMOX last night, the Ravens and the Titans. And we'll play some highlights of that for you. And we're going to go through the day in college basketball, et cetera. Then at 1030, Derek Gould is going to join us. He is the baseball writer from the Post-Dispatch, covers the Cardinals, been on the beat for a long time. And the Cardinals' rumors are flying like crazy. We'll hear what Derek has heard lately and talk to him about the trade that the Cardinals did make and what might be to come. And then at 11.30, we're going to hear from the man himself, and that's John Moselock, Cardinals president of baseball operations, has been very quiet about it, uh, but he does make his appearances every Sunday at 11.30 on KMOX, and we will talk to him about the Cardinals' offseason, and that's coming up at 11.30. In between there, we'll have some fun as well. Travis Ford, the head coach of the Billikens, good win for them last night at Richmond. Big win for them. They won by uh, 18 points. And we'll hear from them in just a little bit. Uh, Travis Ford will be with us at 1045. And then at 1105, we're going to give a call to a KMOX alum and the face of Fox Sports. That's Joe Buck, who's getting ready to call the Packers-Seahawks game at Lambeau Field tonight. But we're going to reach out to him. I know it's a busy day, but I have talked to Joe. I never would make him promise me that he's going to join me on a game day because he could get called into a production meeting and... And we just don't get it. But I'd love to see if Joe can join us at 11.05. We're going to give it a shot and see if we can talk to him about uh, not only Packers, Seahawks, but I want to get his thoughts about the Cardinals too. So Joe Buck is coming up at 11.05. We're going to have a good time today. And they had a good time in the NFL yesterday. The 49ers won the first game 27-10 over the Vikings. They look great. Their defense is solid. They were swarming defensively. They held the Vikings to 147 yards. That's it. 147 yards. That is a franchise playoff record for the San Francisco 49ers who didn't have to throw the ball very much. They ran it effectively. They played great D and they won it 27 to 10 over the Vikings. So they took care of them and now they await the winner of this Packers Seahawks game. Then there's the AFC and we've been talking about the Ravens all year, how tough they are, how strong they are, how dominant they've been. They're 14 and two in the regular season. They won 12 straight games going into the playoffs. The playoffs are a different world. And the Titans, the hottest team in the NFL after beating the Patriots the previous week, went into Baltimore and did this. Third and goal from the 12. Tannehill out of the gun. Throws left side for the end zone. And is it caught for the touchdown? Yes! Jonu Smith, the tight end, bopped it in the air and caught it against the coverage of Brandon Carr. Now, they're going to have to take a look at this, but for the moment, Jonu Smith with a spectacular touchdown reception to put Tennessee up 6-0 with 3.36 left in the first quarter. That's my pal Brandon Gauden with the call on Westwood 1. It did count, and then this. They started plus territory at the 45. Play action. Tannehill sets his feet, throws deep. He's going for the end zone. Diving catch. It's Khalif Raymond hauling it in, and Tennessee takes a two-score lead on a 45-yard touchdown pass from Ryan Tannehill to the third-year man, Khalif Raymond. 
and it's 13 to nothing. Titans with 14.45 to go in the opening half. The call on KMOX last night, the Titans take the lead on the Ravens. Ryan Tannehill, you know he only threw for 88 yards, but he had two touchdown passes. You just heard the two, and the Titans' defense was so good, they stopped the Ravens on fourth and one twice. And why didn't they throw the ball? Because they had this man. Now they motion John U. Smith out left, but they do hand to Henry. Henry straight ahead, breaks a tackle, and breaks free. 40, 50, being chased from behind. 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, and he's caught at the seven-yard line by Marcus Peters. Derrick Henry, he is an absolute monster. 195 yards on 30 carries, so they're down to the three-yard line. He's going to run it in, right? Nope. Mariota's out there. Now Henry takes a direct snap, throws a little lob pass over the middle, and it's caught by Corey Davis in the back of the end zone. Derrick Henry, the running back, plays quarterback here, and he finds Corey Davis for the score on third and goal. And Tennessee goes up 20-6 with 6.54 left in the third quarter. Little jump pass from Derrick Henry. He's completed a few passes this season. And that one for a touchdown, and it's 20-6. to Now, Lamar Jackson needs to rally and needs to rally quickly. 50 set. Jackson, here comes pressure. Escapes it, steps up. Now he drops the football as he's hit. At the 20-yard line, players are going after it. Let's see who's got it. Titans have Titans it. Titans do have it. Wow. Lamar Jackson had the interception earlier. Fumbles here as Jeffrey Simmons recovers it. Lamar Jackson is a supremely talented young man. He accounted for 508 of the Ravens' 550 total yards. He threw for 365. He ran for 143. But he also turned the ball over three times. Two costly interceptions. That lost fumble. Folks, there is a lot of pressure on a quarterback like that who is far and away the best player in the NFL in 2019. The playoffs are a different story. The pressure, this is why the greats are who they are. They perform well under pressure, and Jackson will learn from this. But he loses this game, and the Ravens lose this game. He doesn't lose it. They lose it totally. 28 to 12. The Titans win in the divisional round. They've won two playoff games. They are in the AFC Championship. They await the winner of today's Chiefs Texans game. That one kicks off at 2:05 at Arrowhead Stadium. And if the Titans win, they will go to the Super Bowl for the first time since they lost to the St. Louis Rams 20 years ago after the 1999 season. Isn't that something? The Ravens lose it at home to the Titans. Final score of 28 to 12. We talked about the Blues game. We're going to hear about it in just a moment. But how about the day of college basketball for the University of Missouri? They had a late game last night, an 8.30 tip-off, and the Tigers were off and running against the Florida Gators. They just crushed them. At Mizzou Arena, the final score was 91-75, and I'm not sure it was that close. Drew Smith scored 22 points. He dished six assists, and Missouri is now 9-6. and six. They get their first SEC win. They entered the game next to last in the SEC in offense. They tied their season-high point total against Florida. Shot 61.5% from the floor. They shot 63% from three-point range. 
and they won at Mizzou Arena in Columbia over Florida, 91-75. Also a win for Illinois. The Illini beat Rutgers 54-51 in Champaign. St. Louis University picks up another win. The Billikens win big at Richmond, and we're going to have Travis Ford on at 1045 to talk about it. How about them going into Richmond and beating the Spiders 74-58? The Billikens have a terrific player in Jordan Goodwin. If you haven't seen him play, you need to go to Chaffetz Arena and see him. He has 26 points. He's an area player. He's someone to celebrate, that's for sure. 10 of 19 from the floor, 26 points for Jordan Goodwin, who also had nine rebounds. He's listed as 6'3", but he is one of the best rebounding guards, if not the best in the country. He gets after it. Uri Collins had seven assists, the freshman point guard from St. Mary's, and St. Louis University beats Richmond 74-58. Elsewhere, it was in the Missouri Valley Conference, Bradley beating Southern Illinois 67-48. Indiana State topped Illinois State 65-52. Missouri State gets blown out at home by Northern Iowa 80-57. A.J. Green leads Northern Iowa with 28 points. Southeast Missouri State loses at home to Tennessee State 75-73, and SIUE goes on the road and loses to Eastern Kentucky 78-72. The top 25 game that I was watching was Ohio State losing to Indiana. That was great. Uh, But, sorry, Ohio State fans, you just have to take it for what it is from an IU alum. The next one, though, is Kansas losing at home to Baylor. Wow. I mean, that was a uh, blowout win. 67-55 for Baylor. They were up 13 at the half. They didn't have to step on the gas in the second half. They just held off Kansas. 67-55. Baylor's not the number one team in the nation, probably, when the rankings come out. Gonzaga and Duke are ahead of them, but they should be. They should be number one. You go into Allen Fieldhouse and win by 12, you should be the number one team in the nation. Baylor's only lost one game this season. It's going to be a fascinating college basketball tournament. NCAA tournament's going to be great. We'll take a break, and we'll hear from David Perron, the Blues forward with another great game. He's an all-star. We'll get his thoughts on that. He celebrates his selection, and the Blues dominate another team. That's on the way. I'm Tom Ackerman. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. It's 10-19. Welcome back. To the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Lindbergh. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to KMOX. Tom Ackerman with you. Derek Gould on the way in seven minutes at 1030. Travis Ford, the head coach of the Billikens at 1045. We're going to give Joe Buck a call at 1105. Tune in for that. See what happens. College football playoff national championship tomorrow. LSU and Clemson. We'll preview that one at 11.20. Then at 11.30, John Mosellock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations, will be with us live. 11.45, we're going to give a call to Barry Weinberg, the former Cardinals trainer, is in Israel with the Israeli national team. And he has a book called Eating His Way Through Baseball. Barry Weinberg has some of the most amazing baseball stories. I want to hear he, he eats the, with celebrities, I think, on a daily basis. So we're going to hear from Barry on the way at 1145. We're going to try to reach him in Israel at 1145. We have it set up, so you just never know. But that's why you tune in to see what will happen. You can always podcast this show, by the way, at KMOX.com. Just go to our podcast page and subscribe. You can stream us at radio.com. Get that app on your phone. The Blues played last night. They took on the New York Rangers. 
I told you about the doubleheader that I pulled off. Indiana, Ohio State, then I walked in right before faceoff for the Blues and the New York Rangers, and I was greeted with a tremendous game. First of all, the Blues gave up a goal that created a little drama because they have been dominating people right and left. But they gave up a goal early, and it was one to nothing. Philip Cheadle, he's 20 years old, that kid, and he's good. He has 11 goals already this season from Lindgren and Panarin, and Panarin has 38 assists already this season. Blues are down one nothing, a minute 34 into the game. But then Robert Bortuzzo scores on a breakaway, and the Blues have tied the game at one. Vince Dunn scored at the end of the first period. That made the score two to one. Later, David Perron, and we'll hear about not only his goal, but the fact that he is an all-star. Here he is, Fox Sports Midwest in Blue Note Productions. And around to Perron. He'll feed it back again. Now on to Shen. Perron, one-timer, shouts. He scores! Like clockwork. David Perron, the all-star. To Shen on the right side. Looks like he's going to go back maybe to the middle of the ice to O'Reilly. He finds it to David Perron and he says, thanks for coming. What a pass that is. Dot to dot. The Rangers don't defend it. I am here with David Perron, 2020 NHL All-Star. Has a nice ring to it, don't you think? Yeah, it feels good. It's uh, it's awesome. The fans really uh, helped me out and uh, I'm excited. How impressed were you with the way that the fans in St. Louis and just the big figures that are from St. Louis rallied behind you here? Yeah, no, it was incredible for sure. The support has, uh, has been awesome through the years. And um, to see the, how much help I got from, from you guys and from everyone trying to, to get people to vote, uh, it's incredible. Now, TJ Oshie was also voted as a last man in for the Metropolitan Division. I would imagine the fans in St. Louis played a hand in that as well. How cool will it be to share this experience with him, especially here in St. Louis, where the two of you kind of grew up playing together yeah. in the league? Yeah, it's special. I think it's his uh, first time as well. So it's definitely going to be uh, extremely nice to, to play against him and to see him around the weekend. I think it's going to be an exciting time for him and his family. And in a way, he's lucky. He had two fan bases voting for him, I'm sure. And I know he was always a fan favorite when he was here. So it's, uh, it's pretty exciting for him. That is David Perron. Thanks again to Blue Note Productions. Great interview there. As Perron is in, he gets voted in by the Blues fans and other fans around the NHL, I would imagine, as does TJ Oshie. How about this thought that the Blues could have on the ice O'Reilly, Perron, Petrangelo, Baruby behind the bench, Bennington in net. Is that crazy? It's not. It definitely could happen. O'Reilly, Petrangelo, Perron, Bennington, Baruby. All wearing the blue note. All representing the St. Louis Blues in St. Louis at the All-Star Game. That is an exciting moment for St. Louis sports. And I'm just extremely happy for David Perron, who's 31 years old. He's been a big part of this growth of the Blues. He goes way back to when they were trying to sell us on all those baby Blues. And now here they are, the Stanley Cup champions. The Blues weren't finished there, by the way. That made it a 3-1 to one game, but they needed a little bit more to hold off the Rangers because they scored, the Rangers did, seven minutes later. 3-2 game, halfway through the second period, Fox Sports Midwest. He'll chip it in. Vince Dunn at the line, now for De La Rose. And then Sanford stole it with Barbershev. To Barbershev, to Sanford, he scores! What a play, and 
Sanford buries it, and it's 4-2. to two. Zach Sanford with the goal. You kind of forget sometimes how talented he is. He doesn't get some of the headlines as some of these others, but the left winger, Zach Sanford, the Massachusetts-born young man who's 6'3", 210, he can deliver a hit, he can score, he has a very good career ahead of him. And the Blues get that win. Remember, he was part of that Kevin Shattenkirk trade. Zach Sanford was. And now here he is with a big goal yesterday. That's big time. Blues are up 4-2. to two. Jaden Schwartz made it 5-2. to two. Blues beat the Rangers 5-2 to two at Enterprise Center. When we come back, Derek Gould joins us. We're talking Cardinal baseball on the way. Sports on a Sunday morning. The baseball writer's dinner is a week from today. The winter warm-up is this weekend. The Cardinals caravan is this weekend. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gould is next. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass pre-owned on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It is 1032. Hope you're having a great morning and you're somewhere nice and warm. Having a cup of coffee and joining sports on a Sunday morning with us. I'm Tom Ackerman. Our producer is James O'Sullivan. Our newsroom, including Brian Kelly, will jump in with any information we need to pass along. But... The roads are pretty good out there. There are going to be some slick spots. Just be careful. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. We've talked a lot. We have not talked baseball yet, and we are going to do that now with Post-Dispatch writer Derek Gould. Good morning, Derek. How are you? I'm all right, Tom. How are you? I am doing great. It's great to talk to you as always. And how about the fact that we're a week away from our big baseball writer's dinner? The 62nd edition is going to be a very good one, isn't it? Yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, you have the chance to uh, honor a Hall of Famer, which uh, seems to come around here annually, but we shouldn't take for granted, right? Um, this time it's uh, Ted Simmons going in, but also getting the Red Shanings Award, one of two awards that are really exclusive to this baseball writer's chapter here in St. Louis. Um, and, you know, the dinner is one of the last in the country. Um, we say that a lot, but, but that's also because it's true. This used to be something that happened at a lot of different cities around the country. Um, but the, the rich history of baseball here, the strong roots that the Cardinals have here, um, and really it's the devotion of the fans that keep this dinner, you know, you know, thriving um, and, and an annual event, part of the uh, part of the real kickoff to baseball year. You know, it's a uh, winter warm-up is the start of a new baseball year. You walk around, say Happy New Year, Happy New Year, and, and the dinner is the highlight of it. Yeah, it's a great event. The Baseball Writers' Dinner, just for people who haven't been there, and a lot of people listening to this show have, so they'll, they'll just listen along, but you have a lot of tables, a lot of people, a lot of standing ovations, and some big names up on stage. So you mentioned Ted Simmons. Jack Flaherty will be up there as the man of the year. Colton Wong receiving his gold glove. Mike Schilt as manager of the year in the National League. And I'm understanding that there are some other veterans who want to get in there. Paul Goldschmidt is going to receive an award. He's going to be up on stage. I believe we're going to get other appearances as well from some current players, and you never know who's going to jump in there at the last minute. But some great names and great people in baseball. And, Derek, just some history there. It all starts uh, just from our history from a writing standpoint, not only the Post-Dispatch and the Globe Democrat, but the sporting news, based here for years, mm-hmm. was a huge part of educating people around the country in baseball, wasn't it? Yeah, one of the things about the Baseball Writers Association of America right there in the charter was that every employee of the sporting news became a member of the BBWAA. Um, that has you know, really created two things here in St. Louis. One, 
it just further validated the sporting news as the Bible of baseball, which, you know, it was its nickname for so long. And, and for many of us, it was an access to all the box scores and all the notes. And, I mean, you can think back. I mean, there, there's probably not a great baseball writer of the last 20-plus years who didn't write something for the sporting news. You know, Ken Rosenthal was there, for example, and, of course, everybody knows his name from the work he does on Fox and MLB Network right now and then uh, also writing for The Athletic. But um, the other part of that is it has given us a really strong chapter because so many people here in St. Louis worked for the sporting news. Um, They were members of the BBWAA. They kept um, active membership in the BBWAA. They kept active interest in the BBWAA. And they've been really big advocates of and organizers for this center. Um, it's, it's something that, uh, well, you know, you sit on the committee. I mean, it's a year-round thing to plan the next year's dinner. As soon as next week, next weekend's dinner is over with, um, about a week, 10 days, two weeks later, we'll start working on the next one. We're uh, very close to the winter warm-up, and so uh, my sense is you're getting a bit of a breather here. I have my post-dispatch out in front of me here. You know I love uh, the feel of the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And in next Sunday's post-dispatch, and next Saturday and Friday, you name it, there will be story after story about the Cardinals because they're all going to be here, and you're going to be very busy writing along with your colleagues there at the post-dispatch. Uh, it's a very busy time, but the Cardinals still, even though uh, – you know, that's all happening next weekend. They're still grabbing people's attention. I'm I'm going to read you something that I'm looking on my email right now. So I have a, okay. we have a voicemail system that transcribes our voice, our voicemails on email. Ooh, that's magic. Yeah, it's awesome. So this person. I need that for interviews. <laughs> this person says, just a person calling, and I thought maybe there was someone there. Uh, but if the rumors are true about the Cardinals, I think it's a terrible mistake making a deal with Colorado. I don't like that at all. Uh, the rumors are probably not true, says this person, about the rookie they just picked up, but that person could be another Carlton or Bumgarner. And you know, for a guy for two years, it's just, I understood our best prospect uh, is uh, pretty close. Why in the world would you want to make that deal? And on and on he goes in mm-hmm. this voicemail. Um, what, do you, what do you make of rumors right now? Of course, we're talking about Nolan Arenado, and everything yeah. is flying left and right. You've reported multiple times that the Cardinals have long had interest in a player like that. It's a matter mm-hmm. of everything coming together for something of that magnitude to come to fruition. What, what do you know right now, and, and how would you, uh, I guess, describe the situation the Cardinals are in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I try to draw a distinction, and you kind of touched on it there, between rumors and reports, right? Rumors are writ on water, and there's very little accountability for them. Um, people can belch out rumors all day on Twitter. Um, reports have to be a little different. Um, you know, I, certainly if I put something on Twitter or if I put some, I have to be – if I put something on Twitter, I have to be willing to also have it be in the paper, and it has to be a report, and I have to validate it and verify it. And if it's wrong, I am accountable for it. And there could be consequences, obviously. Um, but what we know, I mean, the, the Cardinals have talked to the Rockies. This is not, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's part of their due diligence, but it's also their ongoing interest. And, in, right, is this player, Nolan Arenado, for me, the best all around player in the National League, uh, a sublime third baseman and a middle order hitter? Um, really, unlike the National League has seen since Scott Rowland played for the Cardinals. I mean, he's that kind of player. Um, and, of course, they'd be interested in him. Now, the conversation today 
um, is different than 12 months ago when the Rockies weren't real eager to trade him, but they had reason to also listen to offers because they weren't sure they could sign him to an extension. Well, they did. Um, now he's got you know $35 million a year. He's got an opt-out after two. Um, there's just a lot of, you know, the description that I've been told multiple times, is there's just a lot to A, wrap their head around, and B, hurdles to clear. Um, you know, one of them would be, would he talk about and and not exercising it? Would there be some kind of guarantee or some kind of discussion to know that the deal you're making, because the Rockies are going to want the deal based on all those years of control, and any interested team is going to want to make the deal based only on two years of control, which is what they know they'll get. Um, you know, is there some way to talk to Arenado to figure out if he would walk away from that opt-out and give the team the control that they the Rockies want the package to demand the other side of that though is then if not then do you wait um you know so much of this i cannot stress this enough so much of this is going to be controlled by nolan arenado he has the no trade clause he has the opt-out he has so much of the leverage um and it starts with him saying i want out of colorado um you know there's really an issue for colorado trading its franchise its face of the franchise a year after such an enormous extension is negotiated for him. That's a big thing for ownership there. So you can see how all these things pull into it um, and the difficulty then making a, a deal, which I would start with by saying, look, it's going to depend on what the Rockies want to accomplish too. Do they want to hit the reset button? Then they're going to want years of control because if Nolan Arenado is walking away, then how quickly do they think they're going to turn around and contend again? Um, they're not going to want somebody who's going to cost just as much. They're not going to want to take on salary. Um, you know, that's not going to help them immediately. There's, there's just a lot of layers to this. Yeah, no question. Derek Gould's with us from the Post-Dispatch. He obviously solves so many things, as you mentioned him. He's like a Roland. He can bat in the middle of the order. He's a phenomenal yep. third baseman. If you don't make a deal for him and you go into 2020 as it stands right now, who is your cleanup hitter? I know who the third baseman is. It's a combination of Matt Carpenter, Tommy Edmond. Let's see what goes on yeah. there. But who's your cleanup hitter? Do you aggressively pursue Marcelo Zuna? I know they've they've looked at that option, but sure. do, you, do you go a little harder then? Yeah, you know, I mean, they don't have uh, an obvious cleanup hitter as of today. Um, you talk to Mike Schilt about that, or later on when you talk to John Mozeliak about it, they'll say, well, they don't need one today. They need one for late March, mm-hmm. and they got time to sort it out. Um, and they'll look to like a Paul DeYoung based on the current roster, or they, you know, they look at, all right, well, maybe Matt Carpenter is that fit. Just give him a completely different look, uh, balance things out with right-handed Goldschmidt, left-handed Matt Carpenter right there in the middle of the order. Or, you know, maybe they, they really go, you know, switch it up a little bit and Matt Carpenter's back at leadoff and then you got to switch hitter and Dexter Fowler. I mean, they don't have the obvious answer that, say, they did the last two years when, um, you know, it seemed like Azuna had a two-year lease on the cleanup spot and was not going to give it up. Maybe every so often he'd go on the injured list and sublease it out, but he was maintaining ownership of that. He had the deed on cleanup. Now the Cardinals remain in touch with Azuna. Um, Azuna has not, to his credit, has not hid from the fact that he wants to return. Um, he's told anyone who will ask, um, and his representative ha- is included in this, that he would like to return to the Cardinals. 
Um, but, you know, they have to sweeten their, their offer to, to make the decision for him. Um, and that's what he's waiting for, and they have not. Uh, Derek, just uh, we're going to have Travis Ford jumping on here in just a few minutes, so I, I want to mm-hmm. keep this uh, brief and kind of wrap it up. But uh, one other player that really intrigues me and I know intrigues the Cardinals is Tyler O'Neill. There's, some, there's something yeah. about him. He's sort of the X factor in all of this. And I remember last year talking to Bill DeWitt III on KMOX about Bryce Harper and mm-hmm. the, all that stuff, and he mentioned Tyler O'Neill's name. John Mosellock last week when I brought up Tyler O'Neill said 600 plate appearances, he could hit 40 home runs. He could also strike out a ton, and they've got to figure that out. But there's a fascination with Tyler O'Neill, isn't there? There is because of his raw power. He's got a power profile really unlike the other outfielders that the Cardinals have on the roster, or really like other outfielders that they get. Um, you know, he just has that light tower power. Um, it's a question of making more contact. You think, I mean, there, there is a parallel between where he is today and you think back for a few years to where the Cardinals were looking at Randall Grichik, right? Um, the difference being Randall Grichik. Uh, playing center field and Tyler O'Neill's probably more of a corner outfielder. He's got he's got to stay on the field, and in the immediate future, he also has to fend off Dylan Carlson. Um, Dylan Carlson is tremendous talent, um, the Cardinals' top prospect, even with the addition of the lefty Libertor this past week. Um, Dylan Carlson is a switch hitting outfielder with a great feel for the plate. He's got power that he's going to grow into. He's still young. Um, you know, some of those doubles from Double A are going to become homers in the majors. That's how this works. And he is on the horizon. Uh, he's going to get a good chance to push both Lane Thomas, who has his advocates in the club or in the in the club as well. They're eager to see what he does, and Tyler O'Neill for playing time. And he could, uh, you know, he could leapfrog over them in spring and, and make his way right away. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see this spring training. Who knows what it's going to be? We're a month away, and there's a lot of intrigue, that's for sure. Derek, one more time, the Baseball Writers' Dinner is this Sunday, January 19th. Mm-hmm. It starts around 6.30, I believe. They'll open the doors before that at the Marriott St. Louis Grand. You can go to metrotix.com to get tickets. I would grab them. It's going to be an awesome event. Derek and I will be there, but we will be joined by some Cardinals legends all over that stage and at the tables. It's an absolute blast. If you haven't been, grab a ticket. If you have, take someone new that hasn't been. It's a phenomenal experience for Cardinals fans. And I look forward to seeing you there and appreciate all the hard work that the writers do all year to put this on. Thanks. I'll I'll be probably a little late. You know how it goes for me at the dinner. So everybody can watch for when I eventually show up. That usually is when about the assignments are done. But there's always good for some surprises, as you say. This is a different forum than you normally see players. It's not a post game. It's not a podium. It's not a scrum. It's not uh, a highlight, right? You know, with Jim Hayes right after a a walk off home run. You know, the players do a good job of disarming themselves. Um, There's jokes between them. You can watch them interact with teammates and, you know, you can kind of catch a glimpse of some of the inside jokes that are going on. Miles Michaelis introducing Paul Goldschmidt um, and, you know, and then, of course, Ted Simmons' speech. Those are the early favorites for some of the highlights that we expect. It's always a great way to start the baseball season for sure. The Baseball Writers' Dinner on MetroTix.com. Derek, thanks so much. Have a great Sunday. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Happy New Year to everybody. You too. Sports on a Sunday morning. Travis Ford joins us next on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Lindbergh. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 
Tom Ackerman with you, 1049. Joe Buck scheduled to join us at 11.05 from Green Bay. John Mosellock at 11.30. We're going to catch up with Brett Norsworthy, actually, just before that to talk about the national championship in college football, LSU and Clemson. A lot going on in the 11 o'clock hour. Right now, though, we're joined by the head coach of the St. Louis Billikens. That is Travis Ford. And it is great to have you on KMOX. I love having you on Sports on a Sunday morning. How about this second half by the Billikens? They come alive and beat Richmond 74-58. That is a tremendous effort by your team, Coach. Good morning. Great to have you on. Oh, good morning. Thank you. Yeah, it was a, a great road victory, a great effort by our guys. You know, Richmond's one of the really good teams in our league, one of the elite teams, uh, top teams in our league. Uh, they were just above us in some of those net rankings and different things like that. So it was an, it was an important game for us, a big game, uh, I think, for both teams. Uh, hard fault, but we, uh, we had a heck of a second half. I thought we were as efficient offensively as we've been in a long time, and our defense against a really, really high-level offense was really good. Yeah. And I was really proud of our guys. You know, you're, the g- games are like broken up into four-minute increments, little games that make up an entire game, and you see these teams go on runs all the time, and then you kind of brace for the other team to come right back at you. This time it just didn't happen. It was like you went on a run and then didn't let up, Coach. Yeah, you know, I'm, it's amazing when you make a few free throws as well, <laughs> good things happen. <laughs> um and, uh, you know, especially down the stretch, I think we were 12 or 14 from the free throw line uh, under like eight minutes. Uh, we shared the ball extremely well. We got big stops when we needed them, held them to one shot. Uh, you know, all the things you need to do to win big games, all the things you need to do to win on the road, our guys were just, as I told them after the game, they were as focused uh, and locked in um, uh, as much as I've seen them in a very, very long time. Tremendous effort by Jordan Goodwin. So he has 26 points. That's a season high for SLU, uh, for him, 26 points. He had nine rebounds. Uh, Hassan French had six points, eight rebounds, four blocks, two steals. Yuri Collins had a terrific day as well. So Collins has seven assists, but he also pulls down eight rebounds and uh, he's all over the place too, and he has seven points. I mean, that's you, it, you're just filling up the score sheet with these players. Well, what's interesting, and those are all um, spot on, uh, great stats. Uh, I'll start with uh, Jordan. Obviously, Jordan uh, has, you know, what's not on the stat sheet is his leadership is just, and you and I talked about it uh, before. It's just been tremendous. It's been as good as I've ever seen. It just continues to amaze me. Um, and he goes out and scores 26 points, Tom. And I don't want run. I really don't run plays for him. I run. We run a lot of plays to get Hassan French the ball, or maybe Javon Perkin, uh, Javon Javante Perkins the ball in a certain situation. We do a lot of things to get Yuri playing downhill off a ball screen. And he's leading us in scoring by just how hard he plays uh, and the effort and the competitiveness he plays with. Just an incredible stat line. And he's right now playing like a player of the year type candidate in our league. Um, then I go to Yuri Collins. Yuri, great, almost a triple-double type stat sheet. But the most amazing thing that he did, he guarded what's considered probably the best point guard in our league, uh, Jacob Gilliard. Uh, first team all league two years in a row. 
I think he was second or third in preseason all uh, or player of the year uh, voting. Holds him, I think, to like one of six by himself. Literally, he guarded him 98% of the time uh, and really took the challenge because we really pumped the, this young man up and really challenged. He's a junior, year he's a freshman, and just really locked in defensively and then performed at a high level on offense. And now I'll go to Hassan Fritch. Hassan Fritch scored six, six points, I think, but I think he played his best game in probably six or seven games. Rebounding, helping facilitate our offense, making the right pass at the right time, uh, incredible defense, did all the things he needed to do to help us win. So it was a total group effort, but a lot of things even that weren't on the stat sheet, our guys uh, did a great job of. It's very impressive. And now your job and, and your player's job, especially the upperclassmen, is to not let anyone uh, get comfortable because, as you know, there's some big games coming up, big time. So you have Dayton on the schedule. You have Davidson on the schedule. The Atlantic 10 is uh, full of traps, but these aren't traps. Uh, Dayton is a absolute monster right now in the country, isn't it? Oh, Dayton is uh, a Final Four <laughs> type team and you you look at their stats uh they've got a lottery pick he's a lottery ob top it's a lottery pick in the next draft uh can affect the game in so many ways scoring shot blocking he's fast he's six ten. he jumps over the rim i can go on and on as a team they shoot 52 percent from the field uh they're like third or fourth in the country in assists per game at like 18 or something a game something crazy um, they do everything well. They do everything well. There's nothing that they don't do well. Uh, so this is a great challenge for us. They're a top 10 basketball team coming in here Friday. Um, another great, as you mentioned, there's no rest in the Atlantic 10. It only gets harder. It only gets tougher. Um, and, uh, you know, we've, we've got a little bit of time to prepare. We're going to need it. Uh, but we hopefully we can pack shape it out Friday night. I'm expecting a sellout, hopefully. That would be just an incredible atmosphere. It should be a sellout. I, it, I'm, it's killing me that I can't be there. I'm going to be on the Cardinals caravan. I'll be down in Memphis with Jack Flaherty. So it's not like I'm, you know, I'm not slumming it at all. I mean, it's going to be pretty. It'll be, it'll be a good <laughs> time. Yeah, don't cry for me. It'll be a great, great time with all those Cardinals fans. But uh, I'll be watching on ESPN too. You can bet we're going to be out to dinner. But I'm going to be sneaking a look at my phone on my Absolutely. ESPN app and watching that game because that one tips at six. And you're playing Dayton, and that's the game. I mean, if I looked at, if I were to circle one game on the schedule this year at Chaffetz, it would be that one, I think. Well, I think uh, you're right. I think obviously ESPN picked it up on a Friday night game. It's the game in the country that night, the big game uh, all across the United States. So, uh, you know, as I told our team, uh, you have to, in order to play in big games, you have to have a good team. In order to play in big games, you have to have done something, and this is a big game. Uh, both teams have played well up to this point of the season. Um, and that's what you want. You want opportunities to play great teams. You want opportunities to move the needle a little bit. And Dayton uh, obviously gives you that with the season they're having, a top 10 team. Uh, that's what you, you hope you can play. Coach, thanks so much for the visit. Good luck on Friday night against Dayton. Always love having you on KMOX. Congrats on the win. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Travis Ford with us on KMOX. Another hour, Joe Buck coming up. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.